understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. I missed last week, and I'd like to apologize to everybody who listens to this show on that one. Had a few difficulties with our uploading, lost some notes, and, well, I went on vacation and took some time to be with my wife. Thankfully, it wasn't an earth-shattering week of news to cover. But this week, I'm going to come back with information on the wrestling scene, news that might have been missed over the last two weeks, along with a preview of this weekend's Impact Wrestling Slammiversary that's happening on Saturday, and a look back at the two nights of Fighter Fest from AEW and NXT's Great American Bash. So whether you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or iTunes, I want to thank you for still sticking with us, and I'll be right back after these messages. Hey, wrestling fans, it's Sean from Scumbags Wrestling. Have you checked out our latest t shirt designs? It's inspired by our friends over at London Comic Con. Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios came up with this amazing design of a comic book cover. It features 22 stars of the Ontario Independent Wrestling scene, including Cody Deaner. Jody Threat, Casey Spinelli, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Tara, Sebastian Spock, Alala Beefcake, graduates of the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, and many more. You can get your t-shirt for just $30, or buy the poster for $15. Proceeds from this sale are going to go to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto on behalf of Stevens Wrestling Journey. Stevens is an 8-year-old fighting carry malformation and are searching for a cure. You can contact me either through our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, or email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Get yourself a green t-shirt with an amazing design and help a wonderful cause at the same time. So contact me today and get your shirt or poster. See the stars of tomorrow being built today at the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory each week on the production line. 
available on Facebook and YouTube. Yo, this is Tarek. You listen to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. Thank you for joining me and welcome back to the show. As normal, we like to start off with the Ontario independent wrestling scene. Unfortunately, it's still dormant. There could be some news coming up depending on where organizations want to try and risk and set up stuff. There's been news today from the Ontario government allowing for gatherings of events that will allow for 100 people outdoors or 50 people indoors and that does not include the talent and staff that are needed to run these shows apparently so as we patiently wait to see what happens with the ontario independent wrestling scene if anybody's going to step up put on a show and return we're also waiting for von vertigo and his friends to present more backyard pro also want to invite you to join us each and every Wednesday night on YouTube for Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Chris Maloney, Stephen O'Neill, and myself, plus the occasional guest, break down who's the best in a tournament, 16-person tournament format, depending on what the subject is. We just finished four solid weeks of Fantasy Warfare Tournament, the greatest champion of all time. We had 64 people enter. It came down to the final four of Chris Jericho, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, and Brett the Hitman Hart. This past Thursday on Thursday Night Throwdown, we had Clarence from Midwestern Wrestling and Ryan Knight from Knights of the Squared Circle join us to determine who the final winner was. Please go back and look at those episodes and find out who we, in our opinion, thought was the greatest champion of all time. This Wednesday on YouTube at 6 p.m., Fantasy Warfare Tournament is going to bring you the greatest big man. Ryan Knight will be joining us again to break down the 16-man tournament to determine who we feel is the greatest big man in wrestling. Looking at other things happening this week, though, Impact Wrestling brings Slammiversary 2020 to pay-per-view from the Skyway Studios in Nashville on July 18th. There's already six matches announced, and that includes Moose defending the unsanctioned TNA world title in an old-school rules match against Tommy Dreamer. With this being unsanctioned title and for the TNA title, I see Moose still retaining whatever this is. The Impact Wrestling Tag Team titles are going to be on the line as the North defend their titles against Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. This unlikely tag team were forced basically together and will challenge for the tag team titles. Then there's going to be a gauntlet match for the number one contendership to the Knockouts title, currently held by Jordan Grace. This match will feature Alicia Edwards, Havoc, Kiara Hogan, Kimberly, Kylie Ray, Nevaeh, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, Tasha Steeles, and former champion Taya Valkyrie. This match could go either way, and I almost see Susie picking up the victory in this one. 
If not, my second choice would be Taya Valkyrie. Willie Mack is set to defend his X Division Championship against Chris Bay. Jordan Grace is going to defend her knockouts title against Deanna Perrazzo. And then, in the main event, there'll be a fatal four-way match to crown a new Impact World Champion. Michael Elgin is out, and they recently just released Tessa Blanchard and stripped her of the title. Still in the match, though, is Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, and Trey. They'll be joined by a mystery opponent. TNA has or should I say Impact Wrestling, has been teasing a former world champion is likely to be the final member of this match. They've also been teasing that it could be a former WWE talent that was recently released when WWE let people go in April and their clauses for 90-day no-compete will be up this week. Names being bantered around, though, include Heath Slater, who isn't a former world champion, but EC3 and Eric Young have also been mentioned. So we'll have to wait and see who's going to be joining the final match or the final fourth person in the main event. And if it'll be a former WWE talent, it all happens this Saturday at Slammiversary on pay-per-view. Hello. Do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. Hello, what is up everybody? It is Ocho from the Ocho and Ortiz Wrestling Podcast, home to the best kept secret in the wrestling podcasting community, our live podcast from Greektown Wrestling and Union Wrestling. We also discuss a lot of other things, WWE, AEW, every once in a while we throw in New Japan and ROH. Be sure you're checking out our show. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and our main source of uploading is Podbean, ochoandortiz.podbean.com. You can also follow us on social media, at Ocho Wrestling on Twitter, at Ocho and Ortiz on Instagram, or facebook.com slash ochoandortiz. We also do have a YouTube page, so be sure you're checking out our content there. Just search for Ocho and Ortiz in the search bar. Now, let's get you back to your regular programming. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Taking a look at some wrestling news, mostly WD news, before we dive into results of Fighter Fest and Great American Bash, just before the last tapings, Tyson Kidd was sent home because he arrived with a fever, so he wasn't involved with the tapings. Natalia was also sent home as a precaution, and it turns out that Tyson has come back negative on any COVID-19 testings. So thankfully he is healthy and hopefully we'll be back in time for the next set of tapings. 
somebody who's unfortunately not so lucky is the fact that Lana had mentioned that her parents have contracted COVID-19 and Rusev this week also mentioned that he is going through COVID-19 as well. So he has contracted the coronavirus and we wish him all the best in getting healthy again, just like Marina Young did and Kayla Braxton and hope that in the case of Impact Wrestling, he was not uh, one of the surprise people coming at Slammiversary because they might have to change plans if he's not cleared in time for this Saturday. Speaking of Renee Young, she had teased that there was a big announcement that she was going to make this past Wednesday. A lot of people wondered if that was going to be that she was done with WWE and joining AEW, where her husband John Moxley is. Instead, she made an announcement that she has finished up a cookbook and sent it to the publishers. So, very shortly, there'll be a new cookbook from WWE and Renee Young, much like we saw years ago with JR and his two cookbooks. Charlotte Flair and Stephanie McMahon were on the new show, Top of Her Game, which is on Sportsnet. They talk about being in a sport dominated mostly by males and how they overcome their disadvantages and succeed in a male-dominated sport. Kevin Owens just recently posted a video on his Twitter account urging people to wear masks, be distant, and stay safe. He shared a story of his wife's grandfather passing away after contracting COVID-19, and he wants everybody to remain safe. He's also apparently the man behind WD instituting the mask and distancing protocols at the Performance Center, including the fines that are going to be levied on people who do not wear their masks properly during tapings. He had a discussion with Vince McMahon and urged this concept to be implemented. Nobody really understood why, but he pointed out the fact that he was fined for swearing on SmackDown. And because he paid his fine, he's been urged never to do that again. He learned his lesson. So he figures if people have to face the same consequences by not wearing their mask and not spreading coronavirus, then they will have no incentive to do so. By being fine, he's going to look to keep people safe. As part of this, he basically told Vince that if it doesn't happen, he was going to head home and be with his family. So obviously Vince McMahon took him seriously and wants him around on Monday Night Raw. And so the compromise and protocol was put in place by WWE. So hopefully talent who attend the tapings and are in the audience are abiding by this protocol and do not end up being fined. If they do, well, it's going to be a hard lesson to learn in an effort to keep everybody safe. Though WWE is also scheduled a Raw TV taping uh, September 28th, my wedding anniversary, in Cleveland, Ohio. The last live event WWE ran with fans was actually March 9th in Washington, D.C. So everybody's hopeful to be able to go back to doing live events. We just have to wait and see what happens with that. New Japan just recently ran events with fans in attendance and it was sorely missed 
having that atmosphere. And if WD is able to pull it off, then great. And we just have to make sure everybody's safe and healthy. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, formerly of the Bullet Club, Good Brothers, the club, the OC, have confirmed that they will be joining Impact Wrestling once their no-compete clause ends this week. Along with this deal, though, they're going to be able to wrestle in Japan along with Impact Wrestling. Rey Mysterio, though, is currently working without a contract in his program with Seth Rollins and company. Dominic has a contract, so that's definitely some incentive for him to stay. But if something were to change, he technically could jump ship at any time. And whether he goes to AEW or just decides to sit at home, that would be his choice. But it doesn't seem that they can come to terms right now on dates and money. Ray obviously wants more. And if he has ended up signing at the age of 45, this would be ultimately his last contract that he does sign with WWE. Ideally, I would see like to see at least a year at whatever rate the WD is offering him, and then he can look forward to extending it further at his rate, potentially, if life goes back to normal, or the former normal, with everybody returning to work and going back on tour. Of course, WD needs to be able to solve their own issues in their performance center before even thinking about going back on the road, because... It was recently reported that more people have been tested positive for COVID-19 and talk is that there's at least 30 people not fully identified who have contracted the disease and are working through it. This past TV tapings for Monday Night Raw, Heath Slater was brought back. He is only days away from actually having his 90 days no compete clause coming up and he's been involved with a storyline involving his former 3MB member Drew McIntyre, the current WD champion. So with him being there, it's not sure if he's going to re-sign or not by WD. Impact Wrestling has also been rumoring him to join at Slammiversary. So Heath Slater could be in demand, depending on what goes on. Matt Riddle recently posted a video admitting to an affair that he came clean to his wife about, but also denies sexual assault, abuse allegations. This situation that has gone on for about two years, and they also told WWE about prior to being hired. So this is also one of the reasons why WD has not punished or released him uh, during this whole speaking out movement. And finally, Charlotte Flair did an interview stating that uh, she's taking time off from WD at the moment for cosmetic surgery to address an issue that she's had since back in 2018. And this will also allow her to rest and get her mind reset before returning. And I'm pretty sure a lot of fans would be happy with this, considering there's been a lot of backlash with how much she's been exposed lately on all three brands and are happy that she's gone for a bit. And sometimes 
you can't miss something until they're gone. And if Charlotte's able to recharge and let everybody else rise up, she'll have some more competition when she does return. So this concludes the news segment of here. We're going to look at what happened with Fighter Fest from AEW and NXT with the Great American Bash. If you're looking for insight on the hottest wrestling topics going on today in interviews, join Chris Maloney and myself each and every Thursday at 8 p.m. on TNT Thursday Night Throwdown. We're joined by different panel guests, commentators, and interviews as we break down the week in world of wrestling. You won't want to miss it, and you can be a part of it too. That's TNT Thursday Night Throwdown each and every Thursday night on Twitch and Facebook at 8 p.m. Who's the greatest manager? Who's the greatest tag team of the 80s, the 90s, WCW, WWE, AEW, ECW, AWA, you name it, we're naming them on the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Join Stephen O'Neill, Chris Jones, Chris Maloney, and myself on Fantasy Warfare Tournament each and every week, Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. on YouTube. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Now let's take a look back at what happened the last two weeks with NXT as they presented the Great American Bash on both July 1st and July 8th. The first night saw Tegan Knox become the number one contender to the NXT Women's Championship, currently held by Io Shirai. She won a fatal four-way match that included Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, and Dakota Kai. Timothy Thatcher beat only Lorcan in a hard-hitting match. Rhea Ripley was able to beat Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Had she not done so, she would have had to join the Robert Stone brand. Dexter Loomis beat Roderick Strong in a strap match. And Io Shirai beat Sasha Banks with help from Asuka spraying some green mist in Sasha Banks' face in the matchup featuring the NXT Women's Champion taking on one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And that was how night one ended. Then night two saw Candice Ray beat Mia Yim in a grudge match street fight. Bronson Reed beat Tony Nese. Johnny Gargano beat Isaiah Swerve Scott. Gargano del Fantasma beat Drake Maverick and Brizango in six-man tag team match. Mercedes Martinez made her NXT debut and beat Santana Garrett. And Keith Lee beat Adam Cole in a winner-takes-all match to become the new NXT champion while still holding the North American title. Has he been put now in the line of fire of Karrion Cross, who is definitely targeting anybody holding NXT gold. NXT was not originally scheduled to be doing the Great American Bash, but this was done as a counter to AEW doing Fighter Fest, 
Now, when you look at the ratings, NXT actually won both weeks, but most of their viewers were over the age of 50, where all the other demographics were won by AEW, including the almighty 18 to 40 range, where you make the most money if you're a promoter and presenting any television. On our next episode, on Sunday, I'll be running down predictions for our next WWE event, Extreme Rules, The Horror Show. Currently scheduled is Apollo Crews defending his U.S. title against MVP. Rey Mysterio going against Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. Jeff Hardy is going to face Sheamus in a barroom brawl. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt will tangle in a Wyatt Swamp match. Drew McIntyre will defend his WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler in a yet-to-be-named stipulation match. Bailey will defend her SmackDown Women's title against Nikki Cross, and Asuka will defend her Raw Women's title against Sasha Banks. And that's happening this Sunday on the WWE Network. Over on AEW, they had Fighter Fest, and that had on night number one, July 1st, Jurassic Express taking on MJF and Wardlow. Jurassic Express picked up the victory after some miscommunication between MJF and Wardlow. Hikaru Shida beat Penelope Ford to retain her women's title. Of course, Kip Sabian was sent to the back, but he returned with the kendo stick in a very ridiculous spot. And he got hit with the kendo stick, and it didn't help Penelope Ford. Cody beat Jake Hager to retain the TNT title. Private Party beat the Inner Circle to become the new number one contenders for the tag team titles, which Kenny Omega and Adam Page retained by beating the best friends in their tag team match for the championships. Then, the next week, July 8th, Night 2 of Fighter Fest saw Omega and Page beat Private Party to retain their tag team titles. Lance Archer beat Joey Janela. Taz introduced his old FTW title he had in ECW since he still owns the rights to that and it's not WWE property and gave it to Brian Cage. In 8-man tag team action, Butcher, Blade, and the Lucha Brothers defeated FTR and the Young Bucks, they also had some miscommunication in that match, which is going to set up more tension between FTR and the Young Bucks. Nyla Rose defeated Kenzie Page and Kaylin King in a handicap match. Then she made an announcement that she's going to be bringing in a manager for herself. My guess would be possibly Vicky Guerrero. Cole Cabana still is delusional and getting his confidence boosted as he teamed with Dark Order, Stu Grayson, and Brody Lee and defeated SoCal Uncensored. And the main event saw Chris Jericho beat Orange Cassidy in a pretty decent match. Going back to their AEW rankings, in the tag team division, Omega and Page are the champions at 9-0. Number 5, Jurassic Express with a record of 4-1. At number four, the Young Bucks at four and two. Private Party 
at number three with a five and two. At number two, Best Friends with a record of ten and one and Dark Order are still undefeated this year at seven and zero and are technically the number one contenders. Over on the women's side, Hikaru Shida is the champion at a thirteen and one record. Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, and Penelope Ford fill in the five, four, and three positions, all with four and four records. At number two, Big Swole has a five and three record, and Nyla Rose is at number one with a six and two record. In the men's division, John Moxley is your AEW champion at thirteen and zero, and Cody is your TNT champion at fourteen and one. Contenders are number five, Chris Jericho at two and one, number four, Brody Lee five and one, number three, Lance Archer eight and one, number two with a perfect record of five and zero, oh, Brian Cage, and number one with a perfect seven and zero oh record is MJF. This week on AEW Dynamite, it's going to be Fight for the Fallen. Four matches have been announced, including the Elite. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega teaming together to go against Jurassic Express. FTR will take on the Lucha Brothers in tag team action. Cody will defend the TNT title against Sonny Kiss. And John Moxley has been cleared of COVID-19 issues and will be returning to AEW to defend this title against Brian Cage, who will have Taz at ringside with him. All that happens this Wednesday as part of AEW Dynamite. And this concludes another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to join me on Thursday nights with Chris Maloney and Stephen O'Neill for a Thursday Night Throwdown, happening at 8 o'clock on YouTube. Plus, Wednesday nights, Fantasy Warfare Tournament, 6 p.m. Wednesdays on YouTube. And, of course, I'll be back on Sunday with results from this past week's TV, any news, and a rundown and predictions for Sunday's Extreme Rules, The Horror Show. So thank you for joining me, whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or iTunes. We'll be back and... Be sure to also pick up one of our special t-shirts and support Sick Kids Hospital on behalf of Steven's Wrestling Journey. T-shirts are just $30 and posters are $15. They are amazing design by Nigel Lewis and features 22 stars of the Ontario indie scene. You can purchase yours by contacting me through email at scumbagsofwrestling at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. So until next Sunday, we'll see you later. Have a great week. Hey, wrestling fans, we have a brand new t-shirt that you're going to love to get. If you're into comic books and the Ontario wrestling scene, you won't want to miss this great design created by Nigel Lewis of NCL Studios. And even better, when you buy a t-shirt or a poster, of this amazing design, you'll also be helping out a great charity at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. It's part of Stephen's wrestling journey, and we're going to help him get that money that's needed to raise for research. T-shirts are just $30. Posters are just 15 Check out our Facebook page, 
or and email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com to make your purchase and help out a great charity and have an awesome t-shirt. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.